0: This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley.
1: And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we have details on massive flooding in British Columbia, which has disrupted grain exports and caused huge disruptions in farming in the Lower Mainland. The John Deere strike in the United States is over. The pulse industry gets a big boost from Ottawa, and we talk with the chair of Pulse Canada, Real agriculture talks about beef research and methane emissions. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour.
0: This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley.
1: This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water, They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your farm fresh water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Exporters of grain, potash and other commodities are concerned about how long it will take to reopen the main rail lines in British Columbia. Pulse Canada President Greg Cherwick says there have been several mudslides and washouts affecting both CN Rail and CP Rail. He adds repairs will be challenging and neither railway is estimating when service will resume washouts and mudslides were caused by up to 200 millimeters of rain in areas east of Vancouver early this week. Flooding in B.C. has led to an agricultural disaster involving thousands of farm animals. B.C. Agriculture Minister Lena Popham was near tears at times as she talked about flooded dairy and chicken farms, especially in the Fraser Valley.
2: My heart goes out to everyone affected by the flooding right now, and we're working hard to make contact with every association that we can. Over the last uh, two days, we've made over 300 contacts uh, with associations, with local government associations, with uh, farmers directly, um, and this is being done through ministry support we have lists of contacts that we use during emergencies. Um, we have also been using social media to ask people to contact us if anybody has fallen through the cracks. I feel confident that we have covered off um, most commodity groups and, and people understand that we are there with them. Um, our commitment in the ministry is to make sure that we are with them through this Uh, continuing emergency state uh, and that will be with them in recovery. There are some difficult issues that we're dealing with around animal welfare. There's probably uh, hundreds of farms that have been affected by flooding, some are still underwater, some are on dry locations, and we have thousands of animals that have perished. We have uh, many, many more that are in difficult situations, and uh, we're seeing um, an animal lof- welfare issue develop. Uh, they need attention, and so with my colleagues, we're developing uh, routes so that veterinarians can access farms. Um, and get to the animals as soon as possible. There will have to be euthanizations that happen, um, but there are also animals who have survived that are going to be in critical need for food in the next 24 hours. Uh, We knew we had a window of about three uh, to four days in our poultry sector, in our dairy sector, but those stores are running out now and some of the food that has been stored is underwater itself. So we're, uh, we've made contact with feed mills, we've made contacts with our colleagues uh, across the nation to try and access food that's gonna be needed to uh, keep these animals healthy. I-, I can tell you that the contacts that I've made over the years, um, we exchange cell phone numbers. And so over the last two days, I've been able to have um, FaceTime discussions with farmers and some of them are in their barns and some of their barns are flooded and you can see the animals that are deceased and it's heartbreaking. This is an especially difficult time for our livestock producers. Um, We will make sure that disaster relief funds are available for farmers and that we're supporting them in every step of the way. Another unfortunate situation is that our agricultural animal and health lab has been flooded in the Fraser Valley. And that's an important piece of infrastructure that we need to do disease testing, but it also tests for uh, milk in our milk supply. So um, we are very grateful that Alberta and Saskatchewan have reached out to us and offered their lab services. That's going to make a big difference as we try and get back on our feet. Federal Minister of Agriculture, Minister Bibo, has reached out and um, dedicated her support. I've also heard from directly from the Minister of Ontario who has also uh, lent her support as well. And so um, there's this is early days in this disaster for agriculture things are still unfolding um, but uh, myself along with my colleagues and the premier were committed to making sure that agriculture is
1: popham says it's also heartbreaking that some of the animals that made it to higher ground may have to be euthanized
2: i know that many people have seen the rescue attempts that have been attempted uh, in the fraser valley farmers are desperate to move their animals we've seen them trying to move them in boats we've seen them towing them through um, the river I think that uh, we, we, we're not encouraging that, but we understand why that happens, because farmers are desperately trying to find a safe, uh, dry spot, high spot for their animals. Um, I think most of that has um, already happened. The animals that are getting moved through those water flows um, have been able to make it to a safe spot, but to tell you the truth, that they're not in good shape by the time they get there. and so. Um, I can also tell you that many farmers attempted to move animals and then had to, to, to walk away because the roads were disappearing beneath them.
1: And as terrible as all this is, it could have been even worse. Here's Abbotsford Mayor Henry Braun. The Barrowtown pump station is fully operational at high speed. Approximately 500,000 gallons per minute go through that pumping station. The floodgates have not opened at this time. We can open those once the the Fraser River level drops below the Sumas River level Uh, and currently that's not possible yet. So we're hoping that uh, over the next uh, 24 to 36 hours that we will see that decrease in the Fraser River. I would again like to acknowledge the approximately 300 volunteers who came out and supported at the Barrowtown's pump station. Uh, It's just, I I saw the videos and it's just unbelievable what was happening there. So thank you to whoever you are. That's Abbotsford Mayor Henry Braun.
0: Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM.
1: This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6 Inch Eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. Prairieeavesdrops.ca. The federal government has announced more than $4.3 million to support the pulse and special crop industry. Pulse Canada will receive more than $2.7 million of the funds. The chair of Pulse Canada, Corey Leeson of Radisson, says the funds will go to several market development projects. He says the federal funds are welcome. It's great news and continued
3: foresight, I think, in terms of developing and enhancing the, the thriving pulse industry in Western Canada. So it's very welcome.
1: $2.7 million goes to Pulse Canada. What will the funds go for?
3: continued work in in a few select areas pulse canada has a strong focus on diversifying ex- expanding and diversifying markets and we've had a goal for a few years that we refer to as 25 by 25 which which really aims to have 25% of the production go into new markets by the year 2025 and so working a large focus of that is on value-added, and the market in North America. We're, incidentally, we're already seeing benefits of that work and, and of the expanded protein demand in North America, particularly this year when pulse crops were shorter and we're seeing really strong demand out of that processing fractionation sector. It's enabled movement and it's enabled considerable price benefit. That that ends up directly benefiting Growers that that produced a albeit smaller crop, still some crop, and now being sold at at better prices. So that's 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 where part of the money is headed. Another portion is to continue with the egg transport coalition monitoring of of rail service in in western Canada, and that program is a has been going on for a number of years, and tries to or helps identify where the rail system is working well and where there's bottlenecks occurring and and ways looks for ways to to improve rail service again with the overall goal of improving farmers bottom line
1: tell me a little bit more about efforts to diversify markets for pulse canada the 25 by 25 strategy sounds interesting where where in the world do you hope to uh, expand
3: well there's a, there's a, several different areas in, and and affecting several different crops really so some of the area is certainly in the the newer demand for food and pulse protein so that that is some of the focus and and again it's not just canadian focus it's it's a us or a north american wide because the, obviously the market to the south of us is is large and we're large producers less large consumers so so it's an, it's a north american focus on the on the food and and particularly protein side of things in addition to that, we're looking at how pulses can continue to be incorporated into pet food diets and increasingly used, used in that area. Very large market, again, in, in some in Canada, but particularly in the United States, to uh, supply highly nutritious plant-based pet food to the some 80 million pet dogs that are in the U.S. And I think it's, it's something in that same order of millions of, of pet cats. So a, a very large market potential there. And thirdly, in areas that pulse products can work into, feed rations too. And there are some relatively recent research benefits that are identified in, in hog diets, including pulses can reduce the overall carbon footprint of the swine diet. And so some benefits there that, that hopefully we can continue to expand. So I, all that's a quick summary though, but all added together – We're hoping a lot of that will encompass roughly 25% of average pulse production
1: by the year 2025. On another subject, it looks like a lot of flooding in B.C. and has disrupted movement of grain and obviously pulse crops. Uh, How bad is it and what are your thoughts? When do you hope to see it resumed? Gosh,
3: you know, I'm watching some of the news on that with certainly concern, I guess, first and foremost, for the people that are... Living it uh, in amongst all that, uh, and certainly uh, just lately today, uh, livestock farms in the Fraser Valley that are that are struggling. So we're th- th- uh, certainly thinking about that immediately. Um, in terms of crop movement, it is a concern, sure. And I haven't really seen how how soon they they are still putting together estimates as to how soon that would possibly resume. But it is going to be a disruption. There's just there's just no question about that. Um, we're hopeful that. Is relatively short, and that at least some movement can be can be restored with, without too much delay, because certainly there will be export demands lining up at the west coast, and and so that needs to keep moving. I mean, so yes, it, it's a immediate and and short term concern. Hopefully, it's not a too big of a longer
1: term concern. But some of the damage looks like it, it's going to take some time to fix. Corey Leeson of Radisson is the chair of Pulse Canada and farms at Radisson about 325 kilometers northwest of Regina.
0: Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of
4: Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I am joined right now by Dr. Tim McAllister. He is a research scientist in ruminant nutrition and microbiology at AAFC Lethbridge. How does a cow produce methane emissions?
5: Well beef cattle produce methane. You know, it's a, it's a natural part of the microbiological fermentation that takes place in the, in their stomach, the rumen. Uh, and it's really why cattle can digest, you know, forages and, uh, basically feeds high in plant cell walls, uh, because those microbes work together, uh, to carry out the digestion of those plant cell walls or that fiber. And, uh, one of the end products of that process is methane. There's, uh, Microbes in the rumen, they're called archaea, they're actually not bacteria, but they. their final role is to take uh, the hydrogen that's produced and combine it with carbon dioxide to produce methane, and that methane gas is then emitted uh, from the rumen through eructation primarily or even through the respiration. You often hear them talk about carf- cow farts, that's often a thing that the press picks up on, but mm-hmm. very little, less, you know, 2-5% to of the methane actually exists out of the hind end of the animal. The majority comes out of the front. But basically, those methanogens can persist in any environment, which is what we call anaerobic, which means it lacks oxygen. The uh, methanogens are very sensitive to oxygen. Oxygen will kill them. So when if you look at anaerobic environments like uh, landfills, for example, or swamps and sloughs or bogs, you know, peat bogs, those kinds of environments which tend to exclude oxygen, methanogens can also survive in those environments and they produce methane as well from those environments at the same time.
4: So if we are going to reduce the methane emissions coming from cattle, is it about lessening the amount that they burp or is it about lessening what they're actually burping up? Well,
5: it it depends on how you measure that. So if you measure that, like per kilogram of feed they consume. How much methane do they produce per kilogram of feed they consume? Uh, and uh, we already have ways, we know by changing the diets we can change the amount of methane per kilogram of feed. If we express it, uh, methane emissions per kilogram of animal produced, like per kilogram of carcass, Uh, then we can also change the diet. That starts to get into efficiency. So if we feed a a high-grain diet, then you've got emissions that take place. There is the methane emissions from a grain diet, but the amount of emissions per kilogram of meat produced is much lower than with on a forage-based diet. So we already know there are things like that that we can change. And when you start to use, we call that uh, measuring or assessing methane on an intensity basis. When you use those Types of metrics to estimate methane, then it really takes into account efficiency. So, if you improve feed efficiency in the uh, cattle, then you'll also lower methane emissions per kilogram of, of meat or beef produced as well. So, a lot of it depends on on how you're making the measurements to begin with.
4: That's interesting. That uh, in an intensive livestock, like a, a feed yard, on an efficiency basis, there's less methane. Emissions than if we were finishing an animal in a pasture on forage. Yeah, per that's per interesting. Beef,
5: yeah, yeah, because a lot of that has to do with the feed efficiency, right? So the feed efficiency in a in a forage-based system is you know six to seven uh, kilograms of of feed consumed per kilogram of beef produced. Whereas if you're looking at a at a feedlot diet, then that becomes more you know four to five kilograms of feed or even less. Uh, per kilogram of, of beef produced. So that really becomes a factor and, you know, that's really part of what, you know, we've had these improvements in efficiency that have occurred over the industry for a number of years and and when we did a study, we did do a study back a couple of years ago where we showed that uh, we had reduced the carbon footprint of beef as a result over a 30-year period by 15% as a result of the improvements in those efficiencies. And those come from improved nutrition, improved genetics. The use of performing enhancing and technologies, you know, that improve feed efficiency like implants and other technologies that can lead to a reduction in that emissions footprint on an
4: intensity basis. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue
0: or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620
1: CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly cloudy today, wind southeast 30, gusting to 50, high minus 4, low minus 9. Friday, partly cloudy, the high minus 3, the low minus 11. Saturday, sunny, the high 0, the low minus 16. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 8, low minus 9. Monday, partly cloudy, the high plus 2, the low minus 8. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 5. 30% chance of evening flurries. Tuesday, the low minus 14. Wednesday, cloudy, the high minus 11. Normal high for this date, minus 3, the normal low, minus 13. The sun rose at 8:18 this morning it sets at 5:10 tonight. Round the province the hot spot right now 0 degrees at Maple Creek the cold spot -12 at Meadow Lake. Estevan and Saskatoon -8 Swift Current -3 Weyburn -9 Yorkton -8. Cloudy in Regina -10. That's 14 Fahrenheit winds are from the southeast at 28. Humidity 87% barometer falling 102.6. Cloudy and Moose Jaw, minus 7. Winds are from the east, southeast to 21. Once again, Regina, Cloudy and minus 10. That's 14 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment.
0: Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive. Maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley.
1: This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. The International Trade Center at Exhibition Park in Regina is getting a new name. The Trade Center will now be known as the Viterra International Trade Center. The name change is a result of a new naming rights agreement between Regina Exhibition Association and Viterra. Viterra's CEO, Kyle Jaworski, says the International Trade Center will continue to be a setting for world-class agricultural shows, as well as other events.
4: So you you think of what we do as an organization for over 100 years is facilitate trade. Our our job is to really bring buyers and sellers together, uh, create opportunities where uh, we're feeding the world, and we think it's so fitting for us to be part of an international trade center such as this.
1: The 150,000 square foot trade center opened in 2017 at a cost of $37 million will be put to
0: good use next week during Canadian Western agribition. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM.
1: This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingsupplies.com. The strike at John Deere Plants in the United States is over, and more than 10,000 employees should be back to work this week. Members of the United Auto Workers Union approved a new six-year deal yesterday. It provides them with a signing bonus, 20% wage hike, and benefits. The strike started on October the 14th. Time now for Countdown to aggravation. brought to you by 2S Auctioneers Online Auction House. Start bidding today at 2sauctioneers.ca. Canadian Western Agribition features over 2,500 head of livestock next week. It includes over 1,200 head of cattle. The show opens Monday with the official burning of the brand. CEO Chris Lane says Indigenous agriculture will be one of the key issues discussed at the show. Indigenous agriculture uh,
5: is obviously a big part of of what this province is about, but it's a big part of agribition too. So for the eighth year, we are uh, hosting and expanding our Indigenous Agriculture Summit which is really a professional conference style set up for leaders, uh, not only in Indigenous communities uh, and in agriculture, but from private businesses, too, that are looking for, for partnership and opportunity and investment opportunities um, within these Indigenous communities uh, that are looking from everything from ag tech
1: developments to processing uh, to, you know, frontline producing as well. Aggribution opens Monday at Evraz Place, wraps up Saturday, November 27th.
0: The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620
1: CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. Grain prices were showing upward movement in early trading. Viterra prices for canola rose 8.70 at 9.6832. One Red Spring wheat rose 11.79 at 4.6115. The rest were unchanged. Durham 7.0772, feed barley 3.8364, flax 14.6862, lentils 9.8650, oats 5.3653. Yellow peas $608.61, feed wheat $261.65. On the Minneapolis Exchange, spring wheat rose $0.06 cents at ten thirty-three a bushel.
0: It's the Livestock Reports on The Source 620 CKRM.
1: The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. Now the latest quotes.
6: Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Mark Report for the week of November 17th sale. A nice size run here considering the poor weather conditions we had on Tuesday. We managed to get 1950 in the short, 350 cows and bulls, a total of 2300 head for the day. Cows and bulls selling steady with last week. D1, D2 cows, 58 to 63, sales to 64, 65, D3 cows, 45 to 55. Cows are averaging 57 and a quarter. Good bulls, 90 to a dollar, sales to 103, 104. Bulls are averaging 91.50. On to the pre-sort sale. These feeders were selling under pressure, but higher, selling higher in some classes. Listen up 420-pound red angus steers at 246, 500-pound black steers at 222. Here is 98 black steers, 570 pounds. They topped out at 205. 640-pound steers, 195. My favorite 10. 710-pound black steers at 188, and 800-pound steers at 183 and 850-pound sears at 180. On the heifer side, 420-pound heifers, 177. Red, black, exotic heifers weighing 500 pounds, they topped out at 181. 570-pound heifers, 173. 640s at 168. 710-pound heifers, 167. And 760-pound heifers at 159. This Friday, November 19th, sheep, lamb, goat sale, and horse sale. Receiving today, Thursday, from 12 to 8, and Friday, right up until sale time. Sheep, lamb, and goats sell at 11, and fro- and horses will sell at 3. And next Friday, November 26, bred cow, bred heifer, and cow-calf pair sale. Three herd dispersals, 250 heads consigned so far. That's for next Friday, November the 26th. That's it for this week at Heartline Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day.
1: The latest pork prices, $174.49 per CKG. Coming up, the
0: Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you
1: by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. The Saskatchewan Research Council says it has successfully decommissioned its Slowpoke II nuclear reactor after 38 years of successful operation. The highly regulated multi-year decommissioning process overseen by the Canadian Nuclear Safety Commission included the removal and safe disposal of all materials associated with the reactor such as fuel and reactor parts. The Slowpoke II facility has been inspected and tested and deemed the decommissioning complete. The space where the reactor was situated is now available for regular office use. The minister responsible for the research council, Jeremy Harrison, says the Slowpoke II leaves a strong legacy in Saskatchewan and proves that nuclear is safe, reliable and sustainable. Commissioned in 1981, the Slowpoke, short for Safe Low Power Critical Experiment, was used for analysis for uranium and other concentrations for various industries. However, in recent years, testing has decreased and new technologies were adopted. Officials say the experience with the Slowpoke 2 can be applied to emerging nuclear technology, such as small modular reactors, as Saskatchewan considers power for the future. The Slowpoke 2 performed nearly 242,000 tests and over 20,000 hours of operation. The Saskatchewan Research Council is Canada's second largest research and technology organization, with 300 employees and $137 million in annual revenue. The Council has 1,500 clients in 27 countries around the world. On the markets, the TSX is down 22 points at 21,630. The Dow has fallen 14 points at 35,916. Oil has gained 76 cents at 78.31 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 4 one-hundredths of a cent at 79.25 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit gowancanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today.